from the number one best-selling author of Life Rescripted. You're now tuning in to the Year of Purpose podcast. I'm Zephan Moses Blacksburg. So I'm here with Nadine Sakura, and you know she's a travel vlogger, videographer, a blogger, comedy YouTuber, and she travels the world and shares her experiences and travel expertise over social media and through videos. Uh, she's been to 48 plus countries. I'm sure that's getting expanded every single day. Uh, recorded tons of video over the last five years and has well over 260,000 subscribers on her YouTube channel. She's spoken on expert business panels at the Canadian Media Producers Association, Playlist Live, VidCon, and Buffer Festival, and was also a keynote speaker at the 2016 Women in Travel Summit. Thanks so much for being here today, Nadine. Of course. Thanks for having me. So you've got a pretty awesome life. I mean, I love to travel. That was one of the huge motivators for me, both in starting my podcast and in publishing my book. Um, You know, I'm a big travel hacking fan, so (laughs) I get tons of airline miles. And I just got back from my first big trip. We spent the last 28 days in Europe over the last two months. So uh, travel is a huge passion of mine. I'd love to kind of just talk a little bit about, you know, what was growing up like for you and how did you just discover this whole big, you know, you could just travel the whole world? How did that come about? Well, that came about in kind of a two-part sort of situation uh, because I travel was a small thing with me growing up. My family's not big into travel. Uh, I live in Canada. We, we, I mean, we visited the States a couple times because it's like right there. But Travel was not something that was I was brought up in. That was really my family did it all. Maybe we did one vacation here and there. Um, and it didn't really start until I graduated university. So before we get into me graduating university, <laughs> when I was in university, I started doing uh, YouTube videos when I was in my college dorm room because I... I used to do a lot of theater when I was in high school growing up and when I went to university, I I realized that my workload, I was studying engineering and computer science at the time, was a little bit intense. It was a little extreme. And I started missing the creative part of my life. I was to be able to create and to express yourself through movement and through movement of the body. Uh, So I found YouTube back in 2000 and it was like end of 2006, beginning of 2007. Like it was just an infant back then. And I started making these funny little skit videos, like just sketch comedy here and there in between classes to kind of just exert that creative energy that was like building up in my brain. I'm like, I just want to do fun stuff. And YouTube was an awesome platform for that. Fast forward to when I graduated university. Uh, Before I settled down and got a real job, I really, really wanted to go travel because I felt like I I did the typical high school to university and I had no breaks in between and I haven't seen any of the world. And before I was like, well, before I start building my career and doing all this stuff, I I needed to get out there. I needed to go. I needed to go explore. I wanted to see what else is there. I had this like burning desire in me. I don't even know really where it came from, but it's just. (laughs) It's just, it was just so strong. And I was like, all right, I'm doing this. I'm going. And then I continued doing my YouTube videos along with that. So I was videoing and traveling at the same time. And then that's kind of the origins of uh, Haney Dean and what I do now. That's really cool. And so, you know, you've been able to really create this lifestyle that allows you to do it all the time, uh, you know, make a living doing it. And, you know, I'd be curious to hear what did your family think? Because, you know, they were not huge travelers. What did you, you know, what was like your first big trip and how did they respond to that? My family hated it. (laughs) 
they they straight up i mean my first big trip uh, what i wanted to do was a working holiday visa so i researched a lot of different options at the time but i just graduated university and i had no money and i had no job so i was like well travel is i need a bit of money to save up to actually go out and travel i was like how can i do this how can i um make this a reality and one of the options that i found was something called a working holiday visa which allows youth travelers usually under the age of 30 to legally work so you get a visa to work in um, there's several different countries depending on what country you're from in another country so i chose new zealand uh because i had one friend that i met online there no that was my that was my worldly friend base of uh, people that i know outside of canada was one friend that lived in New Zealand. Sounds legit. Uh, I'd tell my parents about a friend I met online <laughs> and just go hang out with them. I know, it sounds really sketchy. Needless to say, they were very skeptical of my plan and my idea. Um, they weren't supporters at the beginning, but I was very adamant. It took several months. I ended up moving back in with my parents to just save up money um, and then working lots of little part-time jobs just to build up as much cash as I could and it took about six months of doing that after I graduated to do it but I mean I don't even know how my parents said yes I think I just did it I think I ended I ended up just buying the ticket and my parents are like well well I uh, I guess you're 22 I can't really do much about that <laughs> you are an adult legally and then I just go but they were very skeptical they I mean to be fair their parents that's what their job is right. to protect their kid I mean they're going to a foreign country even though it's New Zealand it's like the safest country in the world it's it's still it's a foreign country and it's quite far away and I was leaving for a year so yeah well and that's a long time but I mean was there ever anything in your mind where you're just kind of like I don't really know what I'm doing with myself. Like, hopefully this will work. I mean, you know, a lot of us get out of college and uh, we were in a certain program of study and we expect to get out and go find a job and, you know, work at what we learned. And, uh, you know, it seems like it was very different for you to to really explore and see what was out there. Uh, And I really wish more people would take that advantage of the opportunity to go and just see what's out there because we really miss out if we don't get to see it. Um, You know, Europe was certainly very eye-opening to me. Uh, I'm actually looking at a couple of pictures that I found from your website Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram and places that uh, just, you know, I've totally seen the pictures before and some of them I've been to. So it's really cool to see some familiar places on there. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, was there any doubt ever in your mind of, you know, here I go, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like when I first took a big trip away from work, I was putting work on hold for two months and I was like, uh, here I go screwing up. My business is gone. I mean, were you ever afraid of what was to come? Or was it more of just, you know, I'm just going to go with the flow and see what happens? I was petrified. Yeah. I had I had nervous breakdowns. Like, this was not an easy decision. This was, like, the first biggest decision that I made in my life. And you have to remember that, like, when you graduate university or college, I'm sure any students out there will that have experienced graduating university and college or just getting near the end there is that you're expected to find a job that's what you spent the last four years of your life working at is getting the education so you could get a career and a job in that field and essentially I was putting all of that on hold even though like there was possibility that I could get a job in my field with work that's the one kind of downside of working holiday visas it's a little bit 
a little bit more tricky to get work in your field. It's more so like part-time work because you are traveling and you want to keep that flexibility open. Um, I was basically putting kind of a hold on what I had worked literally my whole school life up to then just to go explore to see other countries. Yeah. Um, and there was there was many nervous breakdowns. There was a lot of crying. There was a lot of self-doubt. It took weeks and weeks and months of going back and forth, back and forth. Even when I booked the ticket, I was like, I don't know if I should do this. It was so, so scary. But that is the scariest decision that I've ever made. Like anytime you take a first trip, a first anything, that is the scariest it's ever going to be. And even when you get there, like when I got to the destination, I was so scared. I wasn't even excited really yet. It took me a few days to actually get into that excitement because I was still like, oh my gosh, like what have I done yeah. sort of situation. And, you know, I certainly, I kind of had that too. Like I first, my trip internationally was to Israel uh, and that was back in like 07 or 08. And I actually had a full-blown panic attack on the plane. So at like 30,000 feet, I'm just freaking out because <laughs> I took a sleeping pill and I guess it didn't take enough. So I woke up like two hours into a 13-hour flight. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm just doing that thing where you're like halfway between consciousness and unconsciousness and your head just keeps going back and forth. And finally, I just kind of lost it. Um, and so I was like afraid of having... A bad experience happen again you know i'm getting on a plane we're headed over to uh italy this time and just like oh my gosh here we go again and fortunately we were totally fine uh you know watched a bunch of movies and had a great great time you know awesome experience to talk about but i'm curious to hear from you like when did this convert into being something that you could truly do full time like how does it go from just you know booking a plane ticket going on a crazy awesome trip to you know i can continue to make these videos i can actually create an income out of it like what clicked into place for you um it's a little bit of perseverance a little bit of luck and a lot of industry changing i like when i first started like when i first started my big trip in 2010 so yeah i was 22 the first trip to New Zealand, um, I was still making YouTube videos at the time. I, I was doing a lot of side jobs because I, I was on my working holiday visa. So I was working these, <laughs> I was like working like admin jobs. I was working random temp jobs. I was doing like early childhood care, babysitting essentially, just to make, uh, just to make money so I could travel in between because that's one of the things that I wanted to do is like, well, I need to work, but then I took little day trips here and there in and around New Zealand. Uh, what transitioned it was is that I was doing videos at the time. I was doing social media at the time. Well, well, whatever social media networks were available. I think it was just Twitter back then. Instagram wasn't up yet. There was no Snapchat. <laughs> and I, I found the passion. I found a passion in video making and, and sharing my stories and, and showing the destinations that I visited. And as I started traveling more and more, I just started making more videos. And these were, and then I was not getting, I was getting, um, so the YouTube partnership program was available then. So those are based on views. So that's like an ad share uh, or a revenue split between YouTube and the creator mm -hmm. where you get a portion of the ads money that they run on your videos. So I was making, you know, a couple hundred dollars maybe each month on that. Like not enough to live off of, but like some money, some money coming in. Um, and that was all there was available. And so I was just creating videos here and there. And then as the industry started to evolve and my channel started to grow bigger and bigger and bigger, 
more money came into play a lot there like the industry of youtube is so different now in 2016 than it was in 2010 sponsors were not a thing back then like sponsored videos um social media marketing influencer marketing none of that stuff existed so there wasn't those big brands those big sponsorship deals those big money uh available to you as a creator was just ad uh revenue it was just the ad that you were making on your videos so as the industry evolved and as sponsors came on board and saw the value of uh, uh, influencer marketing, of YouTube marketing, the money started coming. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge portion of my revenue. I make a lot of my money off sponsored videos because that's where a lot of dollar is. So that's like tailored content based around, um, usually I work, it's in the travel industry. So it's like hotels, airlines, destinations, stuff that my viewers would find like useful for their own travels and for planning their own travels. And, and as I established myself in the early days, so it's a bit of luck being like there at the beginning, as you know, with any endeavor, if you're one of the first people there and it, the industry blows up or it grows, you're gonna get a lot more of the opportunities, you're gonna get seen more. So as my videos started growing and as my channel started growing, I was kind of more in the forefront and I kind of just <laughs> kept going up from there. That's awesome. Yeah. And so it looks like you've been running for, is it, you know, a couple years? I mean, I'm just kind of looking back at your YouTube channel. I see an awesome uh, thumbnail of Stonehenge. I was just there a few, about a <laughs> month ago. And um, as well as Paris, I went up the Eiffel Tower about a month ago as well. Um, you know, it looks like it definitely takes time, right? Like this is not something where it's like, I start tonight and by the end of like the next two or three months, I can have this up and running, but it really does take that persistence and just continuing to make awesome stuff. What's kind of the secret sauce to, you know, keeping people watching these videos? You know, I've seen some really awesome videos on YouTube. Like, you know, I've been able to interview actually Casey Neistat because I'm a videographer um, and I run a video production company. So I've been able to meet really cool people like Casey who, uh, you know, really do make a living off of YouTube as well. Um, you know, I just, what's kind of the secret sauce to making an entertaining video that people actually want to watch? Uh, I mean, that secret sauce changes every year. Yeah. A little bit as, as things grow, as algorithms change, as viewership changes and the type of videos we view changes. Um, there's two parts to it. There's the actual content itself and then there's the marketing of the content. Both are very important if you want to be successful on YouTube. Um, go referring to the content itself. You need to have something that is engaging and personable. So it's a reason why, especially in travel, a reason why the top travel videographers that you see, vloggers that you see, well, are vloggers. They're, they're personality-based like Casey when he travels or fun for Louie he's another travel videographer it's people that are personality based because people people connect really well with other people and with other people's stories so when you're explaining a destination when you're showing it when you're being able to take a viewer or a subscriber or whoever's watching your video with you along in the journey they feel a lot more connected to that destination and they get a lot more so it's a lot more engaging to them so it's one part, it's on your behalf of, you need to engage with your viewers, you need to be entertaining on camera. It's a little bit of entertainment. I mean, like anybody that does, that shows their face on camera has got to be a bit of entertainment. Right. In travel specifically, you need to have good visuals. I mean, it doesn't mean you need to have thousands and thousands of dollars worth of camera equipment. You just need to be able to visually show 
the destination in <laughs> in a decent way because people especially with travel they want to see where you are they want to see where you're going they don't want to just see your face as, even if your face is really entertaining they want to <laughs> see what's happening um and okay. then I mean I use humor. I use humor a lot too. It's it's fun, it's light, and then education is very helpful. I mean, now I do tips and I do advice and people find that very very helpful because they're starting their own journeys and and any kind of how-tos, any kind of in-depth information that you can give them is so so helpful and if you can and just like if you can help someone to make that final leap, like that scary final leap to to go on those adventures, to go on their first adventure, and you were the kind of like the instigator, you were the person that helped them even through your, just even just through watching your videos, take that journey. When they take that journey and they realize how amazing it is, how amazing that trip is, they're gonna look back very positively as, of you as a creator and your videos as a creator. So as <laughs> a little bit on the creation side and then the marketing side, thumbnails and titles, really. It's thumbnails and titles. Thumbnails and titles, all right. Yeah. Well, good st all good stuff to know. I'm actually checking out. It looks like you played around with some 360 video as well. Um, I found a video. Let's see. I'm not sure about how old it was, but it's called Bored in a Hotel. <laughs> um, oh, this is recent. This was from June. Yeah, it was a couple of months ago. Yeah. And uh, first of all, it's kind of wild because when you watch it on just on the desktop, because it's uh, it shows the full 360 kind of like unfolded. It just looks like when you guys are throwing pillows, they're like flying across the room. And then I'm sure on the phone, you can see it a little bit better in 360, but 360 is pretty neat. How did you get to play with the 360 camera? Would you recommend people check that out? I mean, it, you've got something pretty cool going on here. Mm -hmm. Well, 360 itself is a brand new technology. It's been a big learning curve and it's not only for the audience. I mean, a lot of people, it's when I posted that 360 video, it was their first 360 video they ever saw. They didn't, a lot of people didn't understand. They ended up staring at a couch the entire time. And they're like, <laughs> oh, wait, I'm supposed to rotate the screen and, and all this stuff. It's it's a learning curve for everybody, as well as it's a learning curve for the technology. The technology is still advancing. It's still growing. It's still in its infancy. There's a lot of possibility with it, especially like VR. I mean, if you look at the whole Pokemon Go craze that's happened, that's augmented reality. Virtual reality and augmented reality, they're... They're supposedly the way of the future. <laughs> and with travel, I mean, it's a really great possibility because you can look around you. There's, it's, it's super, super immersive because you're in these destinations where there is stuff happening uh, all around you. Now, for recommendations for going into it, I would say I wouldn't make it your first priority unless that's like an angle that you want to do. If you want to be the 360 person that does all 360 videos, it's a very different creative medium. It's it's more, you have to think of your shots differently. You have to think of how you're composing the video differently because you essentially have to have something ha going on all around you. Right. Not like it doesn't have to be all at the same time, but if people are looking around you, you can't film it like you would film a normal travel video because or else why be 360? There's no point. So you need to kind of use the 360 to your advantage and come up with creative ways to showcase things. And it's a, it's a bit different of a filmmaking style. So if you're into it and you want to try it, definitely try it out. The cameras, there there's a few cameras on the market. They're not overly expensive at the moment, but it is a learning curve. And you'll find that people watching it will also be in that learning curve. So you got to educate them on how it works and kind of 
how to go about it for sure. Right. Well, you know, I know that you've got this course on your website called How to Create World-Class Travel Video, and I want to mention that in just a moment here um, as we round off the episode. But first, I want to go into, you know, how have you changed as a person after seeing, you know, somewhere close to 50 countries and really making your way around the world? Because, you know, you grew up as someone with a family who, uh, you know, didn't travel all that much. Um, you know, and now you were invited uh, to the White House as one of the top 130 most influential travel bloggers and digital media uh, outlets, you know, so you've done some pretty cool stuff here. Um, I mean, it, it just sounds like you're living the dream life. How has life changed for you? You know, who are you as a person now because of travel? Um, you know, and what's it like to truly run a business that just, you know, it's almost like uh, work is play every day? Um, I'm very lucky. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really, really lucky and blessed and, and super happy with where I am and what I've done. Uh, what travel has taught me over these times is I'm a lot more understanding and patient. <laughs> like I'm, I'm way more patient than I have because you kind of have to, I mean, stuff goes wrong. You're, you're generally buses get missed or, or item places that you want to visit close at random hours of the day a lot of things can happen when you're traveling so you need to learn to kind of take it easy and not get so worked up about things like where you would at home if like say if your cable was acting up you would be probably pretty angry but in all but in all reality that's just a small little thing it's like "Eh, yeah it happened it's not a big deal you could become a lot more understanding of that and a lot more open to how other people think I think that's a really big one it's it's super eye-opening and I'm sure you've noticed too seeing how other cultures live and how other cultures deal with things and and their mannerisms and what's appropriate and just like simple things like when they eat like in Argentina they eat dinner at 10 p.m at night like on average it's like 9 10 p.m which is bonkers like that's a crazy time to eat dinner but they're so used to it and and that's just part of their culture and I just find that so fascinating that we as humans we're we're so similar but yet so different at the same time like we have similarities like family and love and and having a house and we eat and we need to drink water like we have all the similarities but we can be so so different at the same time and I think that's just really magical that's awesome. You know, it reminds me when we were in Italy, we were probably eating dinner at like nine, nine thirty each night. And like it, everybody that was with us was just starving, but it was kind of normal for them to eat later at night. Um, it was totally different. And for some reason, maybe you've seen this, too. The one thing that freaked me out was that uh, you have to pay uh, roughly a euro or half a euro to get into a public bathroom when you're in Europe. (laughs) Like this was something that just, you know, we always had to have coins on us. Whereas like in the US, like I never keep change on me. I never think twice about that. There's always just public restrooms and places to go. But in Europe, you pay to go to the bathroom. Um, It was very different. Yes, you are not the first person that's been in all of this. I, my mom just got back from Europe uh, a few months ago, and she was also the same thing. She's like, I had to pay to use the washroom. <laughs> but in all reality, most places around the world, you pay to use the washroom. And logically, it makes sense because washrooms are they're a place. They're in a location. They need to have water service to them. They need to be clean. So someone's got to clean them. you got to pay for that person to clean them. They need to have paper towels or toilet paper stocked up they require like money to be put into it. So that's yeah. what you're paying for. So and when you actually think about it like that, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like how you pay 
for any sort of location or the amenities. Like at your home, and you pay for hydro at your home, you gotta pay for hydro in the washroom. Makes so, sense. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense, right? Well, before I let you go, you know, let's share with everybody, you've got a cool course online called How to Create World-Class Travel Video. Maybe share a little bit about that uh, and tell everyone the link to your website and where they should go to check out more. Yeah, so we created a, it's part of uh, Nomadic Math's Superstar blogging course. So this is a full-on travel video course created by myself and Kristen Sarah, who is uh, another content creator from Hopscotch the Globe. And it basically goes from the start of how to create travel videos. So going from like equipment, cinematography basics, storytelling basics, how to vlog, how to host. And then we go more into like uh, making, creating videos. So we got post-production, editing, marketing your videos, uploading it to YouTube, thumbnails, titles, like I said, it's all thumbnails and titles. And then we go into more of the how to get free trips, how to use your influence, how to build audiences and how to collaborate and how to make money. And it ends with how to make money. So it's the full deal, a full course that we have. And we launched it several months ago and it's been really, really great. So you can, all that information is on my website. So haneydean.com, you'll see the link there or superstarblogging.com. And that's also take you to right to the course. Awesome. Good stuff. And final recommendation, if you could travel any one place again that let's just assume our listener has not been to, what country should it be? It should be the Galapagos Islands. So that's in Ecuador. And it's one of the most amazing, most eye-opening places you can ever go to. If there's any place in this world that feels like you are not on Earth, like this is not real life, it's the Galapagos Island because... Things there are so different, and I mean that is in the animals. They just come up to you, and they're just like, there's animals around you all the time, and you don't find that anywhere else, so definitely there. Awesome. Well, Nadine, thanks so much for taking some time out of your day, and uh, I wish you the best in your adventures for the next place that you head off to, and uh, certainly look forward to keeping in touch with you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure, and uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks. Hey, everyone. It's Zeph. Did you like this episode? Be sure to subscribe so that you can tune in next week and tell a friend about the show. If you want access to free training and exclusive interviews on success, happiness, lifestyle design, and adventure, visit me at yearofpurpose.com. Until next time, go out and let life surprise you so that you can live a life rescripted. scripted